0: Point game. Just play it again. A Little new thing that we doing, uh,
1: Come on, folks. Happy to be joined by <laughs> <laughs> the <main> guy, Minnie, <laughs> Benny. Benny. It's You hate to blame everything on coaching. Yeah. another edition of the
0: Point Game Podcast. SoundCloud, subscribe to us, look up Point Game Podcast on iTunes, and I am privileged to have former Spur three-point deadly shooter, man, Steve Smith, returning to the Point Game Podcast, talking about the NBA season, which is almost just here. It's just about here, Smitty. This is right here, man. Beginning on Tuesday, Warriors, Spurs, a doubleheader. Uh, what's, your, what's your feeling as we, we enter the season, man?
1: First of all, I know you feel this way. I don't think it's beginning. I, I I can't remember did it really end. It seems like we're all year round now. Everybody involved with NBA basketball, which is you know all good for me. You know, we went from championship to regular I mean, to the summer league to USA basketball to obviously the off season and yeah. preseason. seems like it's right around the corner. Like you said, it's coming quicker and quicker. You know, it was basically. Second week in November when I first started playing or the first week, and now we back through all the way up to October 25th. Um, I love all the storylines and obviously the player movement. So I'm uh, looking forward to see how all this fits. And then for all of us so-called experts, we get to di- di- uh just break everything down, dissect it, and see what fits and see what doesn't fit, and ultimately who will, re- who will be crowning the NBA champions at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, you know something, man. I I say it's only one sport to me that got like a true off season, and that's hockey. You don't, you don't hear <laughs> hockey all year. MLB <laughs> is so long, like it's 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 we we even the World serious now. It's damn near November almost, <laughs> and then they they start back up like around February. Pitches and catches report, and they right back in it. NBA, NFL, you know, it's like two three hundred sixty five days a year. Only one is all is hockey. The want one got the off season, man. That's crazy.
1: Right, right. But, uh,
0: you know, right fast, man, obviously the storyline is, is going to be, you know, how can you beat the Golden State Warriors? Are the Golden State Warriors truly going to win a championship, man? And they look scary. You know, I saw just a little bit of footage uh, on them just popping up here and there on Twitter, man. They just look so scary, those the Warriors. Right fast, man, put yourself in any coach's shoes or any player's shoes, man. When you see this team on the other side of you that you got to play that
1: night, what do you do? Well, I think, for one, um, you, you said it best. I mean, they're scary when you start to put together the, the talent that they brought in and Kevin Durant uh, to go along with the starting guys who've been there, the Draymond, the Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry. Um, I think you start to look at how can you beat them on what they lost. Uh, if you start trying to match what they did, there's no team will be able to match the way they shoot the basketball. Right. But I think when you start talking about interior de- defense, especially um, Bogut stands out in Festus Azili, and then team chemistry. So I think if you're a team going against the Golden State Warriors, you want to challenge them on their defensive principles. Uh, you don't want to take quick shots. Uh, and you obviously want to slow the game up a little bit. Um, and not too many people are going to have that type of style. You can't play at their pace, even if you're a team that wants to fast break. If they go 120 and you go 90, you can't even try to go 105. You're going to have to go 90 and play your yeah. game. Um, they are, uh, one, very gifted offensively. Then they have some guys with just certain talents. And obviously adding Kevin Durant, we shall see. And I think it will be fine, you know, around January, February. With them offensively, I think you'll see some games where they start off and they'll get 120, 130. But I think offensively there will be some ups and downs of who take the last shots, and we going to, You know, as media, we're gonna scrutinize who takes it, who's getting left out, who's not averaging this. But they just got to worry about wins and losses, and also getting it, putting it all together at the right time, which is March, April, May, going into the playoffs, and when you want to have a chance to win it. Um, I think offensively, like I said, they're gonna come around. Uh, I'm looking at them from a total standpoint defensively. Um, You you looked at Harrison Barnes, and people offensively kind of said the wink link. But I think he gave so much for this for that team defensively. I remember me calling the playoff game. Draymond was at the five and guarding Marc Gasol a couple of years ago. And Harrison was doing his best to guard uh, Zach Randolph, which that's a tall task. So that part defensively, I think that's where it's not going to come as quick and quickly for them. Uh, and that's where they're going to really have to get that. Together to be able to make that run, and then you look at the Warriors the way they played last year, on uh, the year before uh, Steve Kerr and his coaching staff, they went 12, 13, 14 deep at times, and obviously they were blowing people out at times. But I don't know if he's going to look down that bench and say, "Hey, I can throw in these guys." I mean, you're missing a lot with Festus, Maurice, Space, Bogut, Barnes, Barbosa. So there are some guys you're missing, and I think um, you got to make sure to get those guys up to speed and rim protection. They've lost a lot with rim protection. Yeah. It's gonna be
0: interesting, man. I'm I'm you know, like I said, you, you hit it on a Monday, It do look scary. Uh, but, you know, in scouts that I talk to around the league, um, you know, the one thing that they feel like a team like the Spurs may have on them and this will you know, you'll be able to see this throughout the season is death. You know, the Spurs, you know, they retool mm-hmm. their bench and if you are able to, if that death is able to help you throughout the season you can keep guys more fresh as the playoffs get here. And then when the playoffs come, you know, you have that depth that you can be able to match uh, with Golden State. Is that probably the weak link that, of the team right now? Because if you look at their bench, it's not as deep as it was. You still got to get Dallin, Sean Livingston coming off the bench, David West, I'm sure. But it's not as deep as it, as it was last year, last two years. It is. And I
1: think um, size. I think they've lost a lot of size. Um, get Festus, Azili, and even Maurice Bates were some big guys. So I look at it as... You know, the size factor uh, and the depth, those going to be the weak links as far as looking at just the team last year. But each year you got to revamp your team, totally different look. Spurs is a team with unbelievable size, um, veterans experience, uh, a team that, you know, you're always going to be scared of them because of they've always kept their nucleus together, even missing Tim Duncan, which is a huge miss. You've added a guy like Paul Gasol. He's not Tim Duncan. But um, if you want to replace a guy that kind of similar – you would say, who would you replace Tim Duncan with? Uh, Gasol is a guy, especially Tim Duncan in his later years, that kind of mirrors a little bit of what Tim Duncan does. So they have the size, they have the experience, and they've, they've added a lot of depth. Spurs for me is um, what style are they planning on playing, and that's where Popovich is one of the best. They went from a a team with David and Tim, to the team that ran, shot three-pointers, and it was kind of a mixed bag the last couple of years. So looking forward to see how they play style-wise, defensively and offensively, uh, to start this year. Yeah. Again, talking to the NBA
0: TV analyst Steve Smith, Double header: Knicks Cavaliers and Spurs Warriors on Tuesday on TNT. Looking forward to that one. man. We just talked about the Spurs, um, and you mentioned the loss of Tim Duncan and then adding Paul Gasol, but Kawhi Leonard, you know, every year for the last two years, we've basically talked about, you know, his development and, you know, how far he's come. I mean, and defensively, offensively, you know, really stepped up a long way on the offensive end. Probably one of the best two-way players you can fare to say, maybe top three two-way players in the league right now. But there's still that question on, you know, is this man, can he get you that shot at the end of a game when you need it the most? When maybe a guy like Aldridge, you know, he, he has that attention on the block and they're not going to just let him, the Spurs dump it down. can Kawhi Leonard, get you that basket is that a step that he has to take this year
1: yeah i think um it's a step that you know because of projectory how he's been playing he's answered all the questions um can he play with superstars he's he he's done that with with Manu and tony and tim and fit in perfectly uh can he defend he's done that um obviously work on his offensive repertoire you look at the numbers he's done that um can he take that next level and be that guy, along with LaMarcus Aldridge, where, like you said, uh, at the end of games, I think that's the one step that you're looking for. Uh, if he doesn't get there, you still have a guy that I think has made unbelievable strides in this few seasons he's been in this league. Uh, like you said, one of the best uh, two-way players in the top two or three in this game right now, um, definitely in the top five. So he's done everything he's supposed to at a rapid pace. Um, but obviously everybody wants more. And when you're losing a guy like Tim Duncan, you have an older Tony and my new, the spotlight goes on him and LaMarcus Aldridge. And the evolution of the Spurs, you know, those guys had to get old one day. They had to retire. And Tim Duncan was the first. But now is can Kawhi be that guy that they run plays through and take them over the, the hump. And if he's not, you know, he's still a fantastic player, but I think that's the next question. Yeah, absolutely. Sleeper team, and
0: obviously the East is just, I mean, we're pretty much satisfied, right? The Cavs are going to get out of there, right? I mean,
1: well, yeah. I mean, but you still have some teams that's going to knock on their door. I think the the Pacers, the Celtics, and obviously Toronto are the three that come to mind for me. The Pacers are just scary because of the size they have and the wing guys. Uh, even though this is their first year kind of together with Nate McMillan, you know they're going to be defensive-minded. Um, Looking at how they play offensively. and Al Jefferson and Miles Turner is a pretty good size up front. Um, Boston, they just keep getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, And then you have the Toronto Raptors was a team that was the second best team in the East on paper and obviously got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Can they get over the hump? We shall see, but obviously, edge I give to the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Yeah. I don't don't trust the Raptors, but before I I get into another team I don't trust, uh, you know, other than the Raptors. Um, I got to go out and 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 I got to – you know, you got to give props to Portland, man. I remember we talked about this, and we nobody thought he was going to make the playoffs. Right <laughs> there. And that team, to me, they're on the verge. They can possibly win that division. I know Utah's going to be better. I know you have a, a Westbrook down there who is just fuming, and he wants to prove that he can lead this team to the next level, even without Kevin Durant. But Portland, man, and watching them against Golden State the other – and I know it's just a preseason game, but they went pound for pound with Golden State. They might be one of the only teams that can really – you know, play Golden State at each position because they are—they have that size. They got those dynamic guards. What do you think of that team?
1: Uh, you know, that's a team that you—you you have to love with Terry Stouts and um, management has done with the Portland Trail Blazers. I, I just give so much credit to Damian Lillard uh, for being a young guy, in my yes. opinion, to be able to lead his organization. He lost LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't think anybody thought they would make the playoffs, uh, and then I have another guard who really have the same style, where Damian could still thrive and allow a guy who plays the same way, pretty much the same side to thrive. And then you, they took some role players who are definitely playing at another level, and then they've added some guys, and I like the toughness they added. Um, I think for them, is it's going to come down to, like, in the playoffs, can they find a, a third score, some kind of way, consistent score, uh, um for the Portland Trailblazers other than those two guards. But I think defensively, passing the basketball and chemistry, you know, they're right on point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, about that team I don't trust. Why Why don't I trust the Los Angeles Clippers? Now, why don't anybody trust the Los Angeles Clippers? They are so talented, man, but it's like every year they let you down, and I just don't think they can get out of the West. I think they'll finish number two in the in the West, but I don't think they'll get out of the West. I don't trust that team, man.
1: Uh, You know, a couple years they've had some injuries, uh, given that last year and a couple years, and I think it just, uh, there's been some bad luck, you know, some unlucky uh, breaks and situations for them, but this Clippers team is, uh, yeah, I'm with you, it's a team that I've picked for the last three or four years, and when you have injuries, you know, that's not their fault, but I I, kind of boil down to, um, they're a fantastic five, six, maybe seven, but they just don't. They need to get a little deeper, and I think they've done that this year, of guys that you can count on, you know, down the stretch. But then I think it also comes down to, you know, is Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, no matter what we hear from them guys, can they really coexist and get it done? And this is the year, I think, if they don't, then, you know, Doc Management and also those guys, I think both are free agents, uh, will answer that question, and we we will see if they split up, if they don't get it done this year.
0: I'm going to put you put you in a GM chair right fast. I know you probably heard of some, you know, things going on about LaMarcus Aldridge and his future in San Antonio. Should they not, you know, get to a certain place this season, maybe they look at trading him. Middle of the season, both teams are just, you know, they're not catching the Warriors, but they're there. Clippers come to the Spurs and say, we'll give you Blake for Aldridge. You're a GM. You do that deal? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I think you got to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um... When you have a lower Marcus Aldrich and you have to make a deal and you can get talent back, um, you know me, for me, as a GM, i got to go deeper. Does Blake Griffin want to be here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if I can get that answer, yes, that gives them some athleticism. That gives them some excitement. That gives some guys that can get out and run. And you still have a pile of all. Um But I think more importantly, if you're the San Antonio Spurs, I'm trying to not put him in the Western Conference because that would definitely – haunt us if he turns out to be in, you know, the capability of LaMarcus can dominate a game as we saw in Portland. I'm mm-hmm. trying to move him out east probably for the Boston Celtics with all the assets they have and trying to rebuild that way with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: is, is it true that sometimes when you look and you've got to decide your future and where you want to play, do you look at other teams and says, you know what, I'm not going to get out of there. Unless I join that team, I'm not getting to that place in this conference. So maybe I'll go over to the east. And, and try um, to
1: win what Do you think about that? Well, I think uh, some guys, when you're a free agent, you have that right. But I think now when you take, just say LaMarcus, which, you know, all the reports I guess now coming out of LaMarcus is saying is untrue, but obviously there's some rumors going on. Um, it's not up to him now, I mean, other than he can veto trades. But I think right now when he was a free agent, that might have been a thought process. He, he controlled his own destiny. But I think right now um, when you look at LaMarcus, yeah, uh, if this is true, and if they do trade him, I think it's out of his control somewhat. And he can still veto trades, but, you know, then you're then then you then you causing a lot of problems for yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Now, open court. This is probably one of the best shows that, that comes on NBA TV now. Take me behind the scenes, man. Because y'all look like y'all just sit down. And it's like barbershop talk. Y'all just go in there and just start rapping about the old days or even, you know, making predictions about, you know, what's going on in the league today. Um, It it just seems like y'all have developed that chemistry right away. What is it about that show,
1: man, that's so unique? I think you you hit it. Uh, Jabari, you look at it. It's a setting where it's not us um, uh, on a desk with, per se, cameras, and we have two seconds to make a point. Uh, And you can really get your point across like when most of the people do with their friends when you debate topics you're just having a good time um, I think we have an unbelievable traffic cop in Ernie Johnson that puts us in situation and people always ask me do you guys know the topics um, we kind of have a general sometimes of knowing the topics and sometimes we go in there totally blind which I think is perfect but I think you have so many different guys and so many different opinions uh, and we don't agree sometimes we it gets a little heated we disagree but I love that the topics could be obviously, you know, basketball is the majority of it. But we've gone off, to off topic. We've gone on to diversity and some really deep topics. So uh, it's just us getting a chance to talk and having a different perspective. And whenever you get a chance to uh, tackle a topic and you don't have 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, you pretty much have an hour show and we're sitting around in a setting that people know that we all do. Um, on most topics that you get a chance to do, and a lot of times for guys is is, is at the barbershop shop, uh, and you get to argue and you having your opinion, and most of the time nobody's right, but it's just to have that camaraderie and that fun in that type of setting. Yeah, who makes the who made
0: other than yourself? Man, who makes the the best points on that show? Uh,
1: I, I think all of us do. I mean, um, uh, one guy we always lean on to because of experience; he's been there, done that for so long. Isaiah Thomas, you know, a guy yeah. that's been there. You're always gonna lean on the guy. You know, I I was always built that way. Guy with wisdom who's done that been there and seen it from a long time and longer than you, Kevin McHale, um, who's back on this year's show. Um, uh, but other than that I think we all have. We all disagree. Uh we have some guys coming in and obviously, you know, Charles comes with some off the wall uh, <laughs> <laughs> solutions or, or comments as well. So it keeps it fun and keeps it light.
0: Yeah, has, has he made any crazy predictions lately, man? I haven't, I haven't heard any yet, but has he made any crazy uh, predictions? It's coming.
1: Whatever the first time he gets it, the camera in front of him, it's coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, man, why haven't you tapped into NBA coaching yet, man? Why does nobody take your brain to maybe join an assistant? Have you had those discussions, man? Is that I have? have. I have
1: Have I had some opportunities. Um, the great thing is I've had so many mentors and people that I look up to, and, you know, the one thing I want to do is, if I could, you know, I think life takes you different turns and different paths. was well, to get a chance to get my kids to a point where, you know, they just say, hey, Dad, we need some money, we out of here. And I'm almost there. So I got a senior in high school and a freshman in high school. So I think in a couple more years, my freshman, who will probably have a car, just like my senior right now, they love me. We had a great relationship. But it's, thanks, Dad, need some money, we out of here. So once <laughs> I get to the point where... You know, the, the oldest is off to college, and, this, and the, the last one is basically saying, thanks, Dad, uh, then I'll turn my t- uh, tables on, what's next for Steve Smith. But I, I love the game, so people understand and know that. You know, as long as I'm around the game, you know, I, I'm fine. And coaching youth basketball to being on open court to doing TNT games to March Madness. Uh, I do CNN. I did Big Ten. Anything around the game, I'm fine. So, you know, wherever it takes me, and I feel, you know, confident enough, you know, not arrogant enough, just confident enough for whatever position you put me in in basketball, um, I'd be all right. Because I know I always know from my dad, and I'm going to outwork everybody. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I feel I'd be confident enough to do whatever it takes.
0: I'm trying to compare and see what type of head coach you, you know, I, I would, I would kind of like, you know, emulate you to. Maybe a I'm right now at the top of my head, I'm going Lenny Wilkins. Uh, maybe I can That's my guy. I, I think
1: I'm going to have a, a – a little Lenny Wilkins with a, with with a, with a little bit of fire, uh, like like a Popovich. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Why? Why? I, I didn't see. I that I was going to go Popovich. I did not see you as a Popovich guy. You just seemed more cool, calm, and collected to me. You know, I know on the court sometimes you were a little most but
1: you just seemed yeah. Like, yeah I think cool I, I think um you know it's going to be a little Lenny. Um, let me see what else. Uh, a little Tom Izzo and Lenny Wilkins, those are the two I would say. Yeah, as a, a great blend.
0: Yeah, yeah. What was it about Lenny, man, that made him that that that? I mean, when you think of you know top coaches in the league, we obviously always look at Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson as you know the two current ones that over the last you know twenty years have done their thing. But undercover, man, Lenny was just a hell of a basketball coach.
1: Well, I think, and, I, and I'm glad you said that. I don't think he gets his due. Here's a guy's in the Hall of Fame for both coaching. And and as a player, I think um, the one thing I look at it is, you know, take Lenny Wilkins' teams and wherever you projected him, without super superstars, he was still able to compete. You know, what I mean, he was still able to be at the top of his game. I mean, um, I think a hell of a job he did. Obviously, was with those Cavs. He came to Atlanta, but he went to Toronto, and um, he was a, he was a, a, a bucket away from getting to that Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. In Philly, yep. And Philly, yeah, and he he makes his mark very quickly wherever he goes, and and it doesn't have to be, you know, the superstars on his teams or so so called superstars or style. He kind of takes his personality and he, whatever team you give him, that's the style he's gonna play, and he can make it work. And I think also it's, it's something to be said. Um, it, it, it's it's easier to listen to a guy that did it before. Mm-hmm. They played the game, which I'm trying to say. Um, and I think that was one aspect I think they got the Cleveland Cavaliers over the hump. T. Lou played the game. And so there's some things that you, no matter what, how you coach the game, if you've never played it, it's going to be hard. If you never played it, being in as a GM, you know what I mean? It's just you play what we're coaching or front office trying to do. You've played it at the highest level. You've been in the locker room. You've been in mindset of a player before so you can kind of translate that and I think that's where T. Lou had the edge you know um, over over the, the the former coach they had and David Black that got them over the hump yeah but when did you find out or what was your moment
0: that you realized that Lenny was you know he was the truth now obviously you look at his playing days phenomenal but there had to be a moment that struck you as a player and you said you know this guy is you know he, he's the real deal
1: Oh, well, you know, the first time I got traded, you know, our conversations were just about the game of basketball. I was a point guard in Miami, um, and it was no sugarcoating. It wasn't challenging me as my manhood. What was best for, he said, first, Atlanta Hawks. That's what he always coached was best for the team. But he said, also, I think this decision was best for Steve Smith. He said, you can't play point guard here in Atlanta. You won't play point guard. Yeah, you'll be handling the basketball at times, but you will be a shooting guard. And it was a hard transition for me. You know, I've always had the ball in my hand. I've always dictated. Well, there was a guy named Mookie Blaylock here. You know what I mean? He said, what's best for the Atlanta Hawks is I need you to turn that mindset is to a two guard. So Right off the back, it was no thought process where you maybe can beat out Mookie. You Maybe wasn't going to sugarcoat me and say, well, yeah, you know, when Mook's not in, you're the backup point guard even though you'll be a two. Now, this is not great for us, and I think it's not great for you. In the long term, this would be better for both of us the team and yourself, and I've always thanked him for that because uh, it, I had to change my mindset and the way I played and become a two-guard. Yeah. It was best yeah. for me in the long
0: run. I was going to say, man, it, when, when, when that happened to you, it, it must have helped because obviously you became one of the best two-guards, you know, three even threes at times, to play the game during your era. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and you owe that to Lenny. I never knew that.
1: Yep, owe it all to Lenny. Yep. Yeah. It was hard. I mean, that was something I probably didn't want to hear. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the, the, most of the great coaches make decisions. That's uh, something you look back on and say you, you always say thank you, and it works out. Yeah, is that missing in today's game, man? The sugarcoating
0: of it all, because you know a lot of times. Yeah, I think kids. so.
1: I think um, so many guys, and not even just the guys. I'm not going to put it on the players. A lot of the coaches, you know, you you. I think if you're truthful, and it's. When you basically saying it's the best for the team and it also can help you, but more importantly, it's best for the team. Guys want to hear that. You know, guys don't want to hear you're sugarcoating and then you're doing something else different. You know what I mean? Well, I told him he could hound the basketball, but really, he's not hounding the basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to hear the truth, whether you accept it or not. It's the truth. Um, and and I think it goes back to when you have a guy that played and a guy that's coming out from day one and not wishy washy. Um, you respect them more. Yeah.
0: Before I let you out of here, man, give me five things. I don't even want to call them crazy, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. Five crazy things you might you can see happening this season in the league.
1: Well I think uh, I think five crazy things is um I think um Dallas Mavericks is gonna be a sleeper. I got the Dallas Mavericks and my team that people say I think they're going to move up into, you know, home court advantage in the Western Conference. Um, I think um, you look at it, there's going to be uh, a, a sleeper guy like a Brent Forbes or Khalil Felder uh, that, that just come out flat out and have an unbelievable year. And then I think there's going to be a... You know, a, a old guy like a Paul Gasol, Rondo, one of those guys get back to the all, you know, get back to that All Star game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think um, when you look at it, there's gonna be an unhappy superstar that gets traded really quick. Yeah.
0: You think Paul Gasol can make it back to the All Star team? I'm sorry. I said you think Paul Gasol can make it back to the All Star team?
1: There's gonna be some old guy that we've been written off that uh, that's gonna get back to that level, having that one year again. get back to that all-star level. Yeah, definitely one of the
0: nicest dudes, man. I'm telling you, Paul's a true professional, man. One of the nicest guys I've ever encountered. Yeah, he is.
1: Uh, How's my Sparty doing? Brent Forbes doing down there?
0: Man, listen, let me tell you something. You know, the other night, the last preseason game, I've never seen somebody who was on the the bubble, um, you know, of of cuss of not making the team or making it. uh, ball so hard like Brent Forbes did. And, I mean, coming out, I mean, first half he didn't hit his shot, scored all of his points in the second half. Uh, but it was a particular play that really stood out to me, and it came on a defensive end where uh, Montrez Harrell had him in the post, and it was a clear mismatch, and Brent Forbes denied him the whole time. I mean, Houston could not get the ball to Montrez Harrell, and, you know, because Brent was just fighting and fighting it and denied him the ball, and I said, you know what? This young Cass, he he's probably going to make the team. Just that that play right there just stood out to me. Yep. We all know he can yep. shoot but it's stuff like the small things like that that really stood out to me. And then he fought hard for a loose ball and ended up going out of bounds, and, you know, the Spurs got it back. And as he came back the other way, Popovich was clapping. I said, "Up, oh, that that might be it. That might be
1: it right there. There you go. go yeah. So
0: I, I root for come-up stories like that, man. I love young yep. guys who you're on the verge of making a man, and they finally get it because, you know, obviously his size, that's the one thing he has going against him. But you want to talk about playing with pure yep. heart and balling? I mean, you must have made a call to him that night or something, man. I don't know. No, nah, no, nah,
1: nah, he just got that Spartan dog in him, so <laughs> know, he's, he's had it for a while. I mean, you know, he just goes deeper, deeper. Even before he came to Michigan State, you know, he, he's had a he's had a road which it wasn't paid out. You know, yeah. and people are looking at it to be a, a Spurs right now, to be a spur. So you know I'm what's funny,
0: man. I, I compare him to Brent. I mean, I compare him to, to JJ Reddick, man. I mean, like a lot. You see that
1: at all? Yeah, I think so. I think the one thing about Bren, um, you know, obviously when he transferred, you know, to Michigan State, you know, he had played with Denzel in high school. So that, that really helps in coming back to a place where you were born. But I've never seen a guy work so hard. I mean, I think physically, I mean, he's still not the biggest guy, but where he came from the last two or three years. Uh, and then I look at it and said how much time he's put in the gym. Uh, Forbes was a somewhat when he, you know, came back to Michigan State and I don't know if he'll be able to make it defensively. I mean, the kid has turned out to be more than average. I mean, he's, you know, and and that's something that's hard to do when you're labeled as not a defensive guy. um, Without athleticism and a size for that position, to be able to say, you know, he's more than adequate to be able to defend, even though, you know, size, he would never be able to grow no more, you know, if he's playing against twos. But he. For a guy who loves to shoot, to work on that part of his game, that just tells me how much he wanted it. And then, obviously, is, is being able to handle the basketball. So everything people talked about that he probably will hold him back for any level, even they thought he was playing in the Big Ten, was the size, was the strength, and being able to handle the basketball and defense. And I think he's, he's answered all those, you know, which is a long to go with. I think, you know, he can shoot with the best of
0: them. Yeah, man. I'm t- And, you know, you said he watches a guy like Patty Mills. On the defensive, and and you know that's one of the things that he's taken off from him, and I think you know even talking to Patty, he's going to kind of take him under his wing. But from a human beings perspective, man, I'm cheering for the brother because you know, like I said, I love come up stories like that, man. I love guys who wasn't pretty given a shot, all of a sudden make his own way, and and for him to make note and to to tell the Spurs to take notice, that just says something to me, you know that they they yep. had they had to cut a first round pick to keep him uh, and another guy around. So I mean that that really who did they
1: cut? Who did they cut?
0: It cut Lavinio St. Charles, you know, and, and, okay. and he was the first round pick a couple of years ago, the late first round pick. And I really thought that they liked Joel Anthony and his veteran leadership. But you know, um, they they had to keep a guy. The thing about Brent Forbes was his contract stated that you know he would stick around. He wouldn't go receive the play. That he would go up to Austin uh, in their D league uh, to to perform for the play. But you know the risk in that, man. You send a guy to Austin, yeah. you gotta, another team will scoop him up, you know what I mean, like yeah, really, really fast. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to the Spurs for recognizing that, man, because that kid, he, he played really, really hard that last preseason game. I think he earned his spot. And he might just help him down the road, man. I I really do. I yeah, he good. His playing time, you know what he I mean? So he just, can knock down shots. Yeah, man, I, that's the one thing, man. And you know what? He can knock it down, you know, from that NBA range, which is different from college. And
1: yeah. I think and, that's and, a little bit really different. This, and looking at Spurs, I just looked at their roster, you know, last. I'm like, they don't really have three-point shooting again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, Danny Green, you know, he's you know hot and cold, but
0: uh,
1: they needed some other shooters.
0: Yeah, they did, man. That's the one thing that people around the league say, well, the Spurs don't have that spot-up shooter, which, you know what I mean? That's, that's not really something that they they can get around that. But I think a guy like Brent Forrest will add that, you know, that element, man, should he get some time, and I really hope he does, So. I know you're looking for him, man.
1: Oh, yeah. That's my guy.
0: Yes. Steve Smith, appreciate all your time, my brother, man. I'm sure we will catch up again with you. Later in the season, maybe next time, Vin- Vinny Goodwill can join us, man. I tried to call him before I hit you back, but he didn't answer. You know, Vinny's
1: too big time for us now, so. You yeah,
0: know I, mean. I know. I know. He's probably <laughs> in ball practice or something like
1: that, but, you know, I just wanted but, to let him
0: know I was thinking about him doing the whole thing, man. But Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't want to hear from him right now. Uh, my Spartans ain't doing too well, so I'm going to say clear, <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> it
0: was probably like in the heavens that he, just he wasn't a part of this conversation. Man. There you so, go. There you be. go. Steve Smith, appreciate all your time, man. Point Thank point you. Remember, Spurs, Warriors, Knicks, and Cavaliers, TNT Doubleheader Tuesdays. The NBA season is finally back. Appreciate all your time. Appreciate it. Catch you next time.